Welcome. My name is Tracy Cook and this is the podcast series Victim to Victory. This series gives a voice to those that have overcome challenges in all forms, but dare greatly to share their real stories. Amazing humans that have seen hope and risen above those adversities to become victorious, that go on to support and inspire others to do the same. And today we are giving a voice to Melissa Mitchell. Hi, welcome, Melissa. How are you? I'm you very well. Me. You're very welcome. And let me just give you a little bit of a backstory about uh, Melissa and I. I'm in Perth and Melissa is in Melbourne. We've been online uh, Facebook uh, chat buddies for over a year now, well over yeah. a year. We haven't physically met in person, but that doesn't matter because we're all it's coming. social. <laughs> Definitely. We're all social. And um, Melissa has been very inspiring to myself. She is a world of knowledge. She is always sharing her tips, her strengths, and she's very raw and real. She shows her vulnerabilities and she has got a powerful story to share with you today. So, Melissa, thank you very much for daring greatly. I know how raw and real and authentic you are, and I think that is a wonderful characteristic trait of you. And I would I really know that you are going to inspire the audience today, and I really know oh. that what the message you've got to tell is going to be impactful. So who is Melissa and where does your story start? Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. And likewise to you, Tracy, I find, um, you know, since we connected, um, you being raw and real as well has helped me immensely too. And watching you grow online is just incredible. And I think hats off to you because your situation, what you've gone through is, is you know, it's inspiring so many people to, to, to want better for themselves. So thank you as well. Um, and for me, and I want to acknowledge as well, a lot of the guests that you have on, um, you know, my story isn't about domestic abuse and it's, and, and it's, it's not about um, me overcoming, you know, something in my childhood or anything like that. But it's probably one of the most common struggles is that um, it's a struggle within yourself. And um, so many people go through it. So I, I want to credit the people that you've interviewed and I'm certainly not playing down what I went through, but, you know, I, I guess I guess that's inspiring to look at people and say, wow, if they can get through that, you know, I can get through anything. So I guess for me, um, a little bit of my background, I'm, um, you know, I had, I've got two little children. I had my children later in life and it really changed my world. And um, it all sort of started for me uh, grappling with my own sort of, I guess, inner self um, and coming to a point where, where the end result was hospitalisation with a breakdown. And I guess, you know, I'll fill you in for the, for the middle part. So um, what was really, really hard for me and my battle was that I went from actually everything in my life being amazing um, or me, you know, believing it was amazing, which it was, to me believing that my life wasn't amazing, you know, amazing. And it was a huge, huge change. And people who knew me, people who were surrounded by me just could not understand someone who's strong, 
and you know I was a flight attendant for 10 years and I lived in the Middle East and I've done so many strong things I've had a good life and then all of a sudden here you are unable to dress yourself in the morning unable to eat without vomiting because I was that anxious and um, you know in the end hospitalization so how it started for me is um, and this this will hopefully inspire some new mums out there is I hate to say it, but it all happened when I had my children and not that, not that I'm blaming them in any way, but I didn't realise the impact of what, what was coming. Um, we'd moved from Melbourne to uh, country New South Wales at that time and I was a rural city person and I went from flying the world, um, you know, around the world with my job and I had children, which I'm so blessed to have. In no way am I saying that I'm not blessed. There's people out there who can't have children. So I am very blessed. I just, and I was an older mum and I just had never really given a thought about how, how hard it was going to be. Um, the hardest thing for me was I moved. I started to get a bit of anxiety, which, you know, everyone does. No big deal. Um, but the thing was it then snowballed and, and what I'll get to in a moment is, and I've got my resources up here. I want to share with you is how I changed that to beat what was in my head, because often in any situation, it's, it's got to do with what's going on in here. So it doesn't really matter where you come from, um, what opportunities you've given in, in life. We can all we can all damage ourselves by by not listening or all listening too much to what's going on inside. So basically, start off with a bit of anxiety. I sort of had a girlfriend who was who was very sick with cancer, who ended up dying, and you know there was a few things that my husband wasn't there. I had my kids really close, and um, it got to the point with my anxiety and my um, that I became depressed. Um, full-on depression, which many of your listeners would have gone through before. I'd never gone through it. You know, I'd had my downtimes. I had a good upbringing. You know, nothing was wrong in my life. And to find yourself, you know, it's really hard to talk about because to find yourself in such a dark place, it's just I now when I hear people who go through depression and think I really commend them because it's, it's a horrible place to be in, isn't it, Tracy? Like, it's not a nice place to be in. The anxiety caused the depression. The anxiety was so strong for me that my body was in crisis because when you have anxiety for so long, your body starts to shut down and there's different levels of stress. And it might start off with a few headaches and then it, it ends up basically to you shutting down and having a full down break, full, full you know, load of breakdown. And if any of your listeners have experienced that before, I'm really sorry because it's a horrible place to be. But I want you to know that it doesn't have to be such a horrible place. It, uh, yes, it is in the beginning, but it can lead to amazing things. So what happened for me towards the end is I was so anxious and in such a low place that I was unable to function. So my husband had to tell me what to eat had to tell me, um, you know, I couldn't look after my kids, so I just shut off emotionally. Um, and I think that's what gave me the anxiety in the beginning was, well, if, if I don't cope with being a mum and if I don't cope, you know, with simple tasks of being able to cook dinner without stressing out, um, and, and my husband wasn't there a lot. It wasn't his fault. His work was very busy, so, and I had no family near me. 
And it was all of a sudden, things like cooking dinner were stressful for me. I couldn't handle it. And so that's how it kind of snowballed because it was the thoughts in my head going around and around and around and, you know, what I now know as maladaptive behaviour and all your cognition is wrong. Now, I'm certainly not suggesting by any means that anyone who has depression, it is their fault. I am not suggesting that at all. But I do want to say, and I am um, have studied neuro-linguistic programming, which is your thought processes and how they affect you, and also um, a qualified psychotherapist as well. Um, that Not that I do that as a job, but those skills helped me to realise that depression and anxiety is 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 an illness like anything else. And if you go to the doctor and you've got heart disease or you've got diabetes, what do you do? They give you, you know, they tell you what to do. They, they might give you medication. They may not. They might tell you to go onto this program. They may not. But the thing is with the depression and anxiety, a lot of people who go through it don't actually realise that aspect that it needs to be treated like an illness like anything else. Therefore, you need to look at your thoughts, okay? And that's a really hard pill for people with depression to, to swallow or anxiety saying, but I can't do that because, but the, ultimately you can because it's how your brain works, okay? And if people can get over, I know, so I'm not saying get over as in getting over it. I mean, if people can come through the other side of the biggest travesty and adversity in their life and, and come out on top, then we can do it too in depression and anxiety. So although I, you know, people couldn't understand what I was going through because I didn't have a bad life. I wasn't suffering domestic violence. I wasn't coming from alcoholic parents. I, I had none of that. And even my husband would say, has something happened? Has something happened? I couldn't explain it, Tracy. Like I couldn't explain it. It was everything changed. And so the last straw was I had a panic attack that lasted 36 hours, 36 hours. It was exhausting. I didn't sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't sleep for 36 hours. I was so wired that my body was shaking. Everything I ate, I vomited because I couldn't stomach anything. I was incredibly skinny. This all happened for me over a very quick period. It happened really quick and really hard. So I fell really, like within three or four months, I, that was it. I was in hospital. It was very, very, um, it was a quick, sharp decline. But from this process and after ending up in hospital, um, dosed me up on Valium, which... I have to say, the first day they gave me the Valium, didn't even touch the sides, Tracy. That's how wired I was, how stressed, and I, I couldn't come down, and I had all these racing thoughts, and I was ready to just walk away from my family because I was numb. I didn't feel bad for them, but I didn't feel any love. I felt nothing. And I want people to know, no, I haven't walked in someone else's shoes, and I don't know what it's like to go through maybe their situation but I do understand how powerful your mind is. And your mind has the power to do so much more than what we realise. So I want people to understand that we, whatever your situation is, you have the greatness, you have greatness within you. Whatever capacity you want to get to, you can get there. So what I started to do is, my little resources here, I went to a psychologist, I went to a doctor, um, that's what suited me. You need to do what's best for you and, and the resources that you've got. So I'm not giving medical advice there in any way. 
and I started to see a psych psychologist and I really resonated with him because it was very much like me, black and white, tell me straight, tell me what I need to do without the fluff, without everything else and I'll go and do it because I don't want to feel like this because it's freaking horrible and if this keeps going on, I would not have kept my life. And it's great to have recognised that as well yeah. and have gone and sought help. It's kind of, this isn't me. I don't know what's yes. happening. I need to fix this somehow. And lucky you kind of had that inner strength to yes. go and get actual professional help. I had my first panic attack three days ago, my first panic attack Are you ever. Kidding? So I completely Tracy. relate to what you're saying oh, about bodies shutting down. And I actually physically Tracy. thought that I was having a heart attack. Heart attack. Yeah, yeah. I actually yep. thought I was having a heart attack and I was reaching for my oh, phone Tracy. to bring an ambulance. So I completely relate to people when they say yes. anxiety, depression and, uh, heart and, and panic attacks. Before I'm kind of like, I know it's real, but I've never been through it, so I don't fully understand, but I know it's real. Until you oh go gosh. through it, like you were saying, you don't have a full uh, comprehension Christ, of yes. what that can do. And very much along your lines, you know, studying yes. NLP and things like that, um, you have kind of a, a little bit of a, a, well, you do, you have a vast understanding uh, yes. to know to, and it's really good that you've kind of, seen that and and gone to get professional help and, and used it for yeah and and you can use it for its strength and i guess you know we'll use let's use your your panic attack as an example you can either go two ways from here tracy or your listeners if, if perhaps they're just starting with panic attacks anxiety and fear is a learnt behavior okay and when we um when we when your panic attacks get worse let's say you have another one what helped me and it may help you and your listeners what you're actually fearing at that time because anxiety is about fear you're fearing something so if you think about and I, you know i won't ask you on here what it was but if you think about what what triggered that for you it would have been something that hasn't happened yet yeah. yeah so, so your fear my trigger i'm totally transparent with it it's uh, with the with the covid and being an essential service yes. at my full-time position and still mm -hmm. having to go into work, uh, working yeah, remotely that. at yep. home and the fear I recognise is, is the trigger of actually going back into work. Yes. Yep. I'm hearing you because I, I the other day, I mean, I'm, I'm really good with anxiety now. I recognise it and everything and I don't have those moments. I wouldn't even say I have panic attacks anymore, but... I went working from home as well. My husband's working from home and he's been doing the shopping. The first time I went out, I freaked out. I didn't have a panic attack, but I came home and I went, I don't feel good about that. So what I want to give some advice to people, and, and if you're listening to this and COVID-19 is gone, you can apply this to any situation, is fear is a learnt behaviour. So what happens, Tracy? you went into your work, and now you associate that. So next time you go in, you have to be aware that that was the reaction you got. And if you get that reaction again, it's okay. You're not dying. It's okay. What happens in that part of your brain where you store that information is it becomes stronger. And it's the same area of the brain that we do fight or flight. 
um, and short-term memory and a few other sort of things. So you find that when you're anxious, your short-term memory is crap. <laughs> you find that your OCD goes up because you start to control things. And when you start to end, understand what anxiety really is, it's actually not about controlling it. It's about letting the fear go. But understanding it, I feel, okay, that's okay. I'm not having a heart attack. I feel uncomfortable, but that's okay. Yeah. And so yeah. we are all born with, you know, a small percentage of fear for survival. Okay, maybe heights, maybe spiders, maybe snakes. That's a, the, you know, an innate um, fear that we're born with. What we're not born with is going into an office and being scared of COVID-19 or cooking dinner for your kids, which was my trigger. <laughs> but what happens is we give it strength, we give it power. Because if you don't understand how your brain works, the next time you go into that situation, you're actually fearing the fear of how you felt, if that makes sense. 100%. And you start, to, yeah, you start to panic. I don't want to have a panic attack. So anxiety is all about something that hasn't happened yet. Depression is something about in the past. So you get, you get depressed about my situation, like I got depressed about my situation. So although it's a present situation, I'm depressed about where I've got to, if that makes sense. Anxiety is about the future. And when you understand that, it really does help. A couple of the resources the psychologist gave me, and I, it may not be your thing uh, to, sorry, I know it's your thing, Trace, but your listeners, it may not be their thing, but a couple of the resources I found that really helped me was a book, um, What Doesn't Kill Us, um, the New Psychology of Post-Traumatic Growth. It's really good. The psychologist actually gave this to me because he's like, I've actually got two copies, take it. So that's by Terry Waite, uh, sorry, Professor Stephen Joseph. I know it's back to front if you are watching this on video, but um, if you can read that, Professor Stephen Joseph, that was a really good one and how to grow from post-traumatic um, trauma. We might whether you're pop some links too, uh, Melissa. We might pop yeah. some links uh, yeah, for those book. resources because they'll really help people. Yeah, 100%. Yep, mm. yep, we can do that for sure. So I'll chat to you afterwards and I can get those to you. That's no worries. Um, change your thinking with CBT. CBT is Cognitive Behaviour Therapy. It's about thinking about um, that thought, okay? So I'll just use yours, if you don't mind, as an example. Fine. <clears throat> the thought was when you went into the office... Um, and, and I was the same when I went into the supermarket. Oh, my gosh, this is real. What happens if I do get this? What if I give it to my elderly parents? What if I give it to my children? What's going to happen? So it's about taking that and understanding that cognitive, cognitive being thoughts, your thoughts, your thought process, and changing it. Okay, yeah, I'm in this environment, I'm in the supermarket, I'm in my workplace that stresses, you know, me out with the COVID-19 virus or whatever situation, if your boss is angry or whatever it is, what what resources have I, have I got to, you know, right now that I can draw upon? Well, I know that it hasn't happened yet. So I'm going to draw upon that. I'm safe. I've taken every precaution if I can, you know. So that's another good one. Um, overcome stress, combat, anxiety, improve your life. Dr. Sarah, um, Edelman, I think you say it. Again, we can pop it up. And the other one, the 10 best ever anxiety management techniques, Margaret Werenberg. That was a great one as well. This um, one is so funny. I actually just looked this up on Amazon. Are you serious? 
I'm serious. I've only just, you can actually get this on Gosh. Amazon. Yeah. I There's always a reason for it, Tracy. Isn't there? There's the always a reason for it why people come you know at that particular time that you know i happen to be talking to you and, and you're like wow i need this at the moment i really believe in that and i find and you've obviously we're very similar tracy i find that by understanding the process of what's happening in my happening in my body downplays the anxiety so that you can cope with it it's an uncomfortable feeling I feel like crap right now. I'm scared. But what's happening in my body is my fight or flight or freeze response is happening. So there's, a, so there's um, my body thinks it's about to go into battle. So I want people to think about their thought processes and <clears throat> giving up that control. You know, a lot of people with anxiety try, oh, I've just got to control it. I've just got to, no, you don't have to control it. When you don't control, it's, it's because you are trying to control something that you do get anxiety. And when we understand that, it makes life so much different and so much easier to cope with because we're all going to have crap days. We're all going to have bad moments. We're going to have those down times. It's okay to have a down time. Grab some chocolate, and I'm pointing there because I've got it next to me. Grab some chocolate, you know, or, you know, whatever in that moment that you need, and it's okay. It's okay. So from the greatest adversity can become, you know, the greatest things, and you only have to look at people in history that overcome that. You know, Helen Keller, um, who was um, deaf and blind, and she, she went on to speak how many different languages and um, she was obviously open to learning. You know, when they first taught her the, you know, the, the symbols in her hands and, and put things on and, and gave her, you know, her brain was open to learning. So um, another, another thing is, and this little bit off the subject, when I was a flight attendant, um, I got into training. So I would then train um, the emergency procedures and I remember talking to one of the pilots and he said something really powerful to me and you can adapt this to any life, um, point of part of life. He was saying that it's not very often in a flight attendant's life that you will have an emergency. Like it is actually quite rare. You just hear about it on the news all the time, right? Because when it happens, it's big. But when you look at the scope of thing, if you are involved in something and touch wood, I hope people aren't, but he goes, enjoy the moment. And he goes, I know that sounds bad, but he goes, enjoy the moment because it will make you grow stronger. It will make you better at your job. It will make you, um, like we had plenty of medical emergencies on board and people die and things like that. And in that moment, it's horrible or it's horrible to see the things that you see. Um, I've had some small things on board, but no major emergencies. But I remember thinking, you've got to take in that moment and use it and twist it to help you grow further. So I guess, I guess with all of this, and one thing I want your listeners to know is that we all have greatness in us, in us. Um, it doesn't matter whether you're a seven generation um, criminal, you know, like you're born into a family, um, you know, it might be harder for you or more challenging, but we all have it. We're all born with that greatness. And it's, it's what you want to do with it and what you have the dare to do because it is scary to do. It's even scary confronting anxiety. Um, 
But if you do do it, your life will massively change. And it's about not being the victim within yourself. And going back to what I said before, going to the doctor, um, the doctor will say, okay, this is what you need to do. Good exercise, good health, meditate, whatever it is. It's no different to diabetes or heart disease. But the problem is when people do get anxiety and depression, they do, and I, I know this is going to hit a raw nerve with people, and I've, you know, I've seen it myself, but I can't help that because this happened to me. But I can't help feeling this way because this happened to me. You don't have a choice. You either live depressed in that moment or you try to use it to grow. And when you use it to grow, the best will come out of it. Exactly. And I think a lot of people do use their circumstances and they actually um, adapt to being a victim. They can't see that on the other side of that, like your message is saying, that on the other side of that, if they just got past that, oh, but everything always happens to me. Oh, you don't know my story. Oh, you know, you don't know the life I've had. It doesn't matter. It's all about it doesn't matter. hundred percent. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. And, And you know, and I, like I said, I don't want people to then go, oh yeah, but it's okay for you, Melissa or Tracy or, you know, but the thing is, I'm saying I had a good life, but people still don't know what I've gone through in my life, you know, and that's what you, and that's exactly what you're saying. I'm telling people I had a great life. I've had some terrible things happen, you know, that, that have been shocking but it's it's not that I don't tell people. It's just not who I am. That's and right. so you're so right, That's Tracy, right. when you say that. It's not who you are. So when you went to the psychologist and you got two young kids at home, how did, how did you bounce back from that? Uh, it, it was really hard. I, I had to step into fear. I was really fearful of getting better because when you're like that, you're like, I want to get better. I don't know how. And it's scary. And I'm looking back now going, how was that scary? But it was for whatever reason. I think it's because you, you're facing your vulnerabilities. So what, how I bounced back is I made a decision that however I felt didn't define me and that um, I had to start to be okay with how I felt, but I wouldn't let myself wallow on it. So I go, right. The thing is, too, bouncing back, it's really important just to get back out there and, and do things. Like, it's really important, like, you, and I know that you know this, Tracy, but, like, you would not not go to your work now just because you had that panic attack there. You know that that's what you have to do. And when people talk about facing their fears, anxiety is a fear, that's what you have to do. And that's why they get people to jump off a cliff because it empowers them when they're fearful of something. You know, you watch TV shows, oh, my gosh, I can't do it, I've got to touch a spider. That's why they do it because... Well, that's why Stephen does the fire walk, doesn't he? Yes, <laughs> exactly right because 100%. And so that's how I bounced back. I made a decision. I'm not saying it was easy. It was very vulnerable. It, it's about not trying to be strong. It's actually succumbing to your fear and going, I'm actually really shit scared right now. And I'm really depressed and I don't want to live and I don't want to be here. But you know what? I've got to get up and I've got to get dressed. I have to get up and try and eat without vomiting or I'm going to starve to death. I have to get up. And it's not about putting a brave face on. It's actually just about getting up and doing it and being okay when you have a crap day. 
because a lot of people do suffer anxiety and depression. They live off that, that, and I'm not saying it's not easy for them. So please, anyone who's listening to this, know that, you know, I do understand. But it's not about getting up and saying, oh, I'm just going to sleep in bed all day because, you know, I went through this and I've got bad depression. No, you can't because you won't live your life. If you look at so many people out there that um, suffer from anxiety and depression in the public eye, and you wouldn't ever know. Um, and when you're vulnerable, and and it goes back to how, how you overcome that, Tracy, when you're vulnerable and you just put yourself out there and go, hey, I had a breakdown, ended up on the ground, couldn't walk, <laughs> wanted to end my life, wanted to do this, wanted to do that, um, it actually takes the pressure off yourself. Mm-hmm. It takes the pressure off yourself and you can then start to move forward because you go, who cares? It happened. Big deal. What am I going to learn from that? I learned who was important in my life. I learned that people were there to support me and that it didn't matter how I felt inside. And, you know, that that's how I overcame it. I started doing things out of my comfort zone. It, did, it wasn't easy, but I had to do it because you've got the choice. You sit at home for 20 years, depressed, or you get out and you enjoy life and have some shit days. That's right. You know? Well, there yeah. was a, a nice saying that um, we've survived 100% of the worst days. Yes. <laughs> That's one of my favourite sayings. Absolutely. You've survived 100% of your worst days. It's a good track record. And and when you do strip it back like that, Tracy, and you say, I didn't die. I felt shit. I felt like I was going to die. But I didn't die. I survived. So you've survived 100%. And it's a great track record. So, yeah, I want people to know that you do actually have it in you. Even when you don't, you do. One tip I can give people as well um, is I couldn't smile and the doctor, the psychologist said, you have to smile because it releases all those feel-good hormones. I couldn't. So visualising. I actually visualised myself smiling and being happy because I didn't believe it inside. And when I started visualising and sitting there and visualising, and I, I would do meditation as well, my doctor recommended it, and I would visualise myself happy. So you can't not smile. When you picture it inside and you think of a really happy time and you actually physically picture yourself smile, you can't not, not smile. And that started getting those good hormones back, feel-good hormones and chemicals and you know, your brain resettling and everything. I did go on medication as well. I'm not saying that's for everyone, but it's what I needed. Um, That's how I did it. I started to picture myself smile and laughing at jokes because I couldn't laugh. Mm. And before I knew it, I could actually smile again. And so visualising is really important too. So you have come a long way on your journey. You've gone through all of that and the medication and the meditation and your yeah, mindset yeah. and now you're where, where are you now where are you now how long is so it I, I feel great like I feel um I'm very aware that what happened that I could create that again like um so I'm I'm in a really good place I'm okay if I have a crap day I do get a little bit of anxiety but it's not I wouldn't even say it's a panic attack and I just say I know that feeling. It's an uncomfortable feeling. It'll go. It's not going to kill me. And I really work on my mindset. I still do meditation because I find it really empowering. Visualising. So visualising something that I want and a good outcome. 
recognizing a maladaptive behavior well that's not serving me so i'm not going to do that i'm not going to say that like nobody likes me for example is a maladaptive behavior well that's not true you know if you say that or no one wants to come and see me well that's not true so it's breaking it down so i will say for people who do have anxiety and depression and those sorts of issues it will be something that you have to work on every single day but it's not hard in the end. In the end, it becomes a habit. And it's watching our language and how we speak because we Correct. get to keep what we speak. So if we're 100%. Yeah. those words like, nobody loves me, this always happens to me, or nobody would remember yeah. my birthday, if we're going to keep uh, saying that and the Keeping universe alive. Is up on that, we get to keep what we speak. So I love that saying. I'm going to use that. Nice things to ourselves and the yeah, universe yeah. will give us more of that. And if we say it in a mirror, we will make yeah. ourselves smile as well. And all those 100% will just naturally happen. And it's practicing self-love, you know, yes. self-love and self-care, especially for busy working mums um, with all the pressure that's going on with it, with the world yep. always, regardless of the situation we're in at the moment, correct. self-love and self-care is not selfish. Yes, I, I absolutely love that. And I'm going to use your saying, we get to keep what we speak, because I completely believe that. Someone who perhaps keeps attracting the wrong boyfriend or the wrong girlfriend, the wrong type of person, why? You have to ask yourself why. Is it because you're telling yourself you're unlovable? No one, I'm never going to find the right guy. Tell yourself you bloody are and you will. I love that. I'm going to use I that. I completely trace. believe in, uh, like yourself, Melissa, uh, visualisation. And I think yes. that's something that, um, you know, we could teach our kids more of that as well. Yeah, I agree. Vi I agree. Visualise, as parents, teaching our kids visualisation, it is a real yes. thing. Visualise yes. yourself running across that that line um being the winner at the yes. next sports race picture yourself with a certificate to bring home with an a on it picture yourself you know standing up at the next assembly mm -hmm. singing a song whatever it may yes. be for your child just getting them to to be in the moment and mindful of it and yep. visualizing their success at something now it doesn't have to be materialistic it doesn't necessarily have to be winning something yes correct. visualization picture yourself walking into school and being able to put being your bag confident. where you want to put your bag on the first run because i've dropped you off 10 minutes early to be able to do yes. that you know yes. just little things make such a huge impact not only for adults but for, for children so i'm so grateful you actually brought that up about visualization because i think Thank that's you. just an element that's missing from our lives it is and, and when you picture your life and the wrong way that's like you said that's what you'll get because if your body and i always tell people if your body has the ability to salivate when you think of a lemon or eating a grapefruit and i'm doing it now then that shows how powerful your mind is. If you can have a thought and your body has a, a, a conditioned response to that, you know, because you know that when you see that or when you hear that bell ring, like Pavlov's, um, Pavlov, I can never say his name, the, the dogs that where Ivan Pavlov was, um, uh, Pav, I can never say his surname, Pavlov was, um, 
training the dogs to that when the bell went, the food would come, and this is a real thing. And that's how we discovered, well, hang on, they're salivating, before, like as soon as the bell rings, but the food's not there. So what is happening in the body, in the mind, to actually create something? So people say they don't believe in visualising. Try visualising and eating a lemon. What happens to your body? No different. Exactly. That's very yeah. powerful. So your, your, how old are your children now? Uh, nine and 11. Nine and 11. And um, one of them I do catch being quite pessimistic sometimes. I have to say, hang on a minute those broad statements um, of, oh, well, I hate school or, you know, I'm bad at this. And I'm like, okay, well, tell me, you know, what led you to that? What makes you bad at maths when actually he's in the top group at school? So what actually, where did you get this from? Rather than saying you're not, it was like, okay, so tell me what brought that on. Oh, well, when I try and do my homework, I don't understand it. Okay, so does that mean you're bad at all maths or just maybe you don't understand that one question? So I think it's so powerful for kids too. I have to apologise. We're in a massive storm here. I don't know if you can hear that. Can't hear anything. Oh, my gosh. And I'm in my office and there's a skylight and it's just banging on there. I'm like, that's why I don't know if you saw before. I was turning up the volume. So I thought, oh, God, I hope you can't hear all that. So I apologise. Can't hear any of it. Can't hear any of it. So what, what message? I'm so glad that you've kind of come through the other side You've kind, you've battled those, I call them the inner critic. You've battled that inner yeah. critic and yes. you've got professional help. You've overcome the medication. Your kids are growing. You and your, your husband are working from home at the moment. Yep. And you're, you're, you're happy, you're healthy. Yes. You're still, you know, you have, you know, some shit days and you have some good days like all of yes. us. So what yes, kind of message yes. would you like to leave everybody on today, Melissa? My main, my main message is going back to that greatness within you. You actually have within you everything that you need to reach that goal that you want, whether your goal is to lose 10 kilos or to create an online business. It doesn't matter what it is. You actually have it within you. It's whether you want to tap into it or not. So I want people to explore their feelings, explore what's going on, you actually do have the potential. So don't tell yourself otherwise because that's when, as you said, Tracy, you get to keep your words because it's about self-belief. Believe that you've got it within you because I'm telling, telling your viewers they do have it within you and, and you can never fail. You can never fail. I think that's so, so powerful. I so appreciate you. You're Thank very inspiring. You. You're very strong. You're very real. People are going to get such an inspiration. And I think that a lot of light bulbs are going to go off with all of the nuggets that you've actually shared. We'll drop those links Thank for the resources because I think that'll yeah, be yep. as well. And uh, thank you very much uh, once again. And uh, for, for being me. brave, sharing your story. You're very much appreciated. And you can find our podcast on YouTube and the Facebook group, Victim to Victory podcast series. And if you got value from today, please subscribe, like, and comment. The link to find Melissa and connect with her will be posted as well. And I'd like to leave you all with a message to step into your power and let your voice roar. Thank you, Melissa. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>